0: This morning's scripture comes from Ephesians chapter 1, verses 13 through 23. I'm reading from the New International Version. I'm sorry, the New International Version. And you were also included in Christ when you heard the word of truth, the gospel of your salvation. Having believed, you were marked in him with a seal, the promised Holy Spirit who is a deposit guaranteeing our inheritance until the redemption of those who are God's possessions to the praise of His glory. For this reason ever since I heard about your faith in the Lord Jesus and your love for all the Saints I have not stopped giving thanks for you remembering you in my prayers I keep asking that God of our Lord Jesus Christ, the glorious Father, may give you the spirit of wisdom and revelation, so that you may know him better. I pray also that the eyes of your heart may be enlightened, in order that you may know the hope to which he has called you, the riches of his glorious inheritance in the saints, and the incomparably great power for us who believe And God placed all things under his feet and appointed him to be head over everything for the church, which is his body, the fullness of him who fills everything in every way.
1: Let us mark hymn number 876. <coughs> Excuse me. 876, There is Power in the Blood. It's a hymn we will sing after the, the message today. Message before the lesson will be number 724. 724. Will you not tell it today? We'll ask everyone who can to please stand for this hymn. Let's begin. If the name of the Savior is precious to you, if his care has been constant and tender and true, if the light of his presence has brightened your way, oh, will you not tell of your gladness today? Oh, will you not tell it today? Will you not tell it today? If the light of His presence has brightened your way, oh, will you not tell it today? If your faith in the Savior has brought its reward, If a strength you have found in the strength of your Lord, if the hope of a rest in his palace is sweet, oh, will you not, brother, the story repeat? Oh, will you not tell it today? Will you not tell it? of his presence has brightened your way oh will you not tell it today if the souls all around you are living in sin if the master has told you to bid them come in if the sweet invitation they never have heard Oh, will you not tell them the cheer-bringing word? Oh, will you not tell it today? Will you not tell it today? If the light of His presence has brightened your way, oh, will you not tell it? today.
2: How many times do we forget that we live in a world that God has created, that he sustains, that he controls, and that one day he will bring to an end. So everything that takes place in this world in which we live, God is very much aware of what is going on. The song was written probably about 20 years after our Civil War, a time when man had tended to forget the world in which he lives, being controlled by God. Needing those reminders, and those reminders still stay in place in the world in which we live. We go through trials, we go through tribulations, we go through hardships. And oftentimes, the question is asked where is God? Why does God allow this to take place? Has he abandoned us? Has he forgotten us? If he's such a great God, why do we suffer as much as we do? And we forget how great God is. We forget indeed what this world could be if God was not there. It's hard for us to have that trust in Him that sees us through the dark days. But in those dark days, God is still there. He has never abandoned us, nor His people. He provided us with His Word we're reminded in the Gospel of John in chapter fourteen as well as in verse sixteen that God would send the Holy Spirit to bring to remembrance to the apostles everything that Jesus had spoken. And that he would guide the men who would pen what we would call the New Testament, as well as he guided those who penned the Old Testament the message that God has for his people. And yet how quickly we forget what God has provided. We tend to see part of what he has to say to us and then we speculate upon other things that he has to say. We're looking this morning in 1 John chapter 4 in the auditorium class, God in us, Christ in us, we can work with those. If we talk about the Holy Spirit in us and people get a little nervous. Now, what does that Holy Spirit do? How does he work? Same way God and Jesus work within us. Paul would remind us in Ephesians letters, chapter 6, around verse 17, that the sword of the Spirit is the Word of God. It's how he works. He's not working in a way that would ever ever contradict what he's revealed to us of the will of the Father and of the Son. It is his word that we are to hide in our heart and in our mind. It is is, his word that we are to meditate upon and to dwell upon. Here is God's revealed word to us of what he wants us to do. Sometimes in a life we live, we we struggle with the difficulties that we encounter. And sometimes it's hard to really picture the love, the mercy, the patience, and the long-suffering of God in our lives. In the reading this morning out of Ephesians 1, 13, through the remainder of the chapter... We're talking, we've been reminded that the Spirit has been given to us as a pledge, as a guarantee. A reminder to us, God keeps his word. We we forget at times how faithful God is in the keeping of his word trials and tribulations come our way and we forget there are purposes behind those. The purpose of God is to save us from our sins that condemn us eternally. To be able to give us forgiveness of sins to be remembered by God no more. And then for a pledge to be given, a guarantee, an earnest, that there is something better coming, that earnest is the Spirit. It says that we are gods. Again, we, we forget how much our life has been changed because of the grace and the mercy of God. It does not take long for us to look at the world around us, to hear of man's inhumanity to man, To hear of the lack of respect for human life. To hear of the desire that man has to do whatever he wants or they want to do to another human being without any regard to that person being a human being. We struggle because we're weak. We struggle because we falter along the way. We struggle because we lose our perspective and we say things, we do things that as a child of God we ought not to. We forget that spirit that has been given as a pledge. That he has given us his word or the word of God. So let the word of Christ richly dwell within you. Paul would tell the Ephesians over there in chapter five, in verse seventeen. Let that word dwell in you richly, speaking to yourself in psalms and hymns and spiritual songs, singing and making melody in your hearts unto the Lord. We forget just how much God is aware of every breath that you take, every thought that you think, every word that you speak, every action that you consider. And we fail to realize the power that he has and working in our lives. The poem that circulated years ago and is still around Footprints in the Sand, how many times does that really describe us? The times that we see the dark hours within our life. The times when we then question where is God? During this dark hour of my life. Why has he left me and failed to realize he's never left? Oftentimes those are the times that he's carried us. He sustained us when we really did not understand that we were being sustained. We look at the trials and the tribulations that come our way in life. And we wonder why, but we never see is the hand of God and His working for us to be able to move beyond the trials and the tribulations, to be able to find out where the really the true strength comes from. We are so self sufficient, so independent. So much as that two year old, as they're growing up, says, Me do it. Me do it. Rather than letting God. Hard to let go. I look at a world that He has created. I stand in marvel, absolute awe at His creation. The exactness, the detail, the care that is exercised even down to the smallest of the atoms and the subatoms that he created. Then why, oh why do I doubt his working in my life? I've been created in the image of God. I have a spirit that is eternal that will never, ever vanish away. And then I have been given the spirit as a guarantee, a down payment. And I see what he does in the life. Oh, not those miraculous things that everybody wants to have. Or those visible signs that we want to have that, yes, he's there. I feel him. I see what he's doing. But do I know? Ex- it's he that keeps me close to his the word. It's through his word that he's placed in my heart and in my mind that pricks my heart. The Hebrew writer said in Hebrews 12, uh, verse Chapter 4, excuse me, in verse 12. That that word of God is living and active and sharper than any two-edged sword. And it's able to judge the thoughts and the intents of the heart. It's what he uses in my mind. It's what he uses in my life is that word that God has left for us. That he so carefully preserves. It's an interesting, fascinating study to see and to understand how it is that the Word of God has come down to us today, and how we can have assurance that what we have is the Word of God. We live in a world, again, that is constantly trying to change that Word But the word is still there. And those changes can be noted. It's sad to see that there are those that again are going to be influenced by the changes that Satan has allowed to be placed there. But we always will have his word. And we can be assured that we have his word. It's what pricks the heart. If I use that sword that the Spirit has given, the Spirit can do His job. He's given me the weapon I need to make those changes. We we're discussing in the auditorium class again out of 1 John 4. The one who says he loves God and hates his brother is a liar. It's one of the things about the Word of God. It never, or it does not, mince words. God is able to make His message very plain and clear to understand for those who want to understand it. It's often been said that you have to have help to misunderstand the Word of God. You have to have help. Somebody has to help you misunderstand what it says. God is able to communicate his will to us. He's capable. He has the intelligence to do that. That we can read it and understand what it is he wants us to do. But as with anything... And in any aspect of life, it's not simply reading parts of it and think that you have it fully grasped. We understand that even from his creation of us and the world in which we live. How many times have individuals found out before you commit to anything? Read the small print. See what it is that you are signing. Read God's word in its totality. Give God an opportunity through His Word to convict you, to change you. Yes, we struggle, but we will never know how much in our struggles God is really there with us, that he has not abandoned us. We have the spirit as a guarantee, the down payment, the earnest, the promise, the seal. That that word guarantee has so many different meanings, and they all apply for us as, as a Christian. The Holy Spirit has been given to you as a seal. You are God's. Holy Spirit has been given to you as a seal. There is better things yet to come. And there is an earnest that he has given. And as a child of God, how much more, how much do we really appreciate that as we live? How much has the Spirit, through His Word, helped you day by day? We always have that tendency of looking with the physical eye, seeing where we are right now. We see the imperfections that we see in one another. And we really fail to see the depths of God's love for each one of us and how he's working his will out in our life if we will but trust him. But how much do we? There's power in the blood. What we understand from the scriptures, the blood of Jesus Christ has the ability, the power to wash away every sin that we have committed and for God to remember those sins no more. There's power in the blood. It's able to change the lives, to change one from a sinner to a child of the living God. It's able to strengthen as the word will Be a part of the life. But without that blood, without his application to our life, there is no hope. God, in his grace, God, in his mercy, waits for us, he bids us to come, desires us to obey will help us then to live for him each day. But the decision has to be yours as to whether you will believe what God has said. To the point of obedience, there are many who want to acknowledge God's word as being God's word. There are many who want to say they understand what it says. But the scriptures remind us there are few who are willing to do what it says. But God is the one who will help you to do what it says. Has that blood been applied to your life? Have you understood his coming to this world to die for your sins? To be raised anew, through obedience to his will. That you will no longer be yours, but you will be his. We struggle with it. Struggle at times with in the singing of the old rugged cross. Some struggle with one part of it or another. I struggle with the part that says one day I'll lay my trophies down. What trophies? What trophies am I going to lay down? Trophies are given as victories. What trophy am I going to lay down? I'm a child of the living God. I'm a servant of his. My whole life is his. When that end of life comes, I give him everything for what he has to give to me. Where is your life this morning? Is it where God would have you to be? If not, are you willing to make the change that would be required? Be to become a child of God, to do that, to come home as a wayward child of God, one who thinks, even as a child, your life is yours to live as you want. Come home. Come home to the Father and live your life for him. Whatever that need may be in your life, if we could help you or if we could assist you, indeed we bid you to come as together we stand and sing.